What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. The days, it says here, the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. When the people did that which was right in their eyes, what happened? The rain stopped falling. The rain stopped falling. That land, all the land, is absolutely 100% dependent on water. And when the rain stops falling, the crops fail, and there's a famine. And just imagine how these people felt as they, they looked out at those crops. And those crops, those fields, used to be big producers. Produced, they were abundant a big time producing production there. So much in the past, but now just nothing. And all because of one word, rain. Rain. No rain, no crops. No rain, crops fail. And when God gave the Jewish people manna that sustained them during their 40-year wanderings in the desert, there's an interesting verb that's used to describe just how God gave them the manna. And that verb is found in Exodus 16.4, where Moses, where, where it says, then said the Lord unto Moses. And this, was, this is God telling him how he's gonna give this manna. He says, then said the Lord unto Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. See, God said, I will rain. He didn't say I will give. He said, I will rain bread from heaven. God called how he gave bread from heaven to keep the people alive, rain. Rain bread from heaven. And God wants us to see in rain a very important analogy. It comes from above, like from heaven. It brings life. This analogy of rain coming from heaven and giving life to man was the all-important analogy that enabled the understanding of one of the great I am's of the Lord Jesus Christ when he said in John 6, 31 through 35, 
Our fathers did eat manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then, this is what they said, then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven, for the bread of God is he. You see what he said? The bread of God is he. He didn't say the bread of God is it, but the bread of God is a person. The bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth in me shall never thirst. God describes rain as life-sustaining. God describes rain as his gift to man that enables the land to give food to man. That was the description given in Leviticus 26.4. Then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. In Deuteronomy 11.14, he put it this way, that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. See, that's a wonderful picture that God has given us of rain. It's like God is saying, here, I give it to you, it's my gift. There's also a wonderful picture of, of rain that God is giving to us in Deuteronomy 28, 12. It's a wonderful description. And it says like this, Deuteronomy 28, 12. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. God calls rain his good treasure that he opens up for us. What a wonderful picture that is of God. God opening up, we can just see him there, we can see him with his treasure box, his treasure chest, and he's opening up and he's saying, let's see, what good gift can I give to man? Oh yes, here it is, oh it's perfect, rain. I'll send rain right out of my treasure box, right out of my treasure chest. And so we've seen that, and we, so we've seen how God has described the rain as a gift from God. We've just seen how God has described the rain as sent by God. We've seen how this gift is like God reaching into his treasure box to send us something really good, a good treasure out of that treasure box. And we see how rain, in its analogy, is coming down from heaven to earth. It gives life, and that is just like the Lord Jesus Christ who is the ultimate gift, the ultimate gift from God, the ultimate treasure from God, the ultimate good treasure from God, who came, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came down from heaven to give life for man. And the word that the Lord Jesus Christ used to describe the sending of the rain is found in Matthew 5.45, where he said, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son, not the son, but his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. 
See, he makes his son to rise and he sends his reign. He sends his reign on the just and on the unjust. Whenever God sends, God has a purpose in mind for why he sent it. God is a very purposeful sender. He's very purposeful in his sending. And one of the purposes of reign is described in Acts 14, 17, where we read, nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, and that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Rain is a witness. It's a witness of God's goodness. Rain makes the fruitful seasons, and that's a witness of the goodness of God. Rain fills our, rain makes it possible to fill our hearts with food, and that makes us glad when we eat. I'm glad when I eat. It's a witness of how God wants us to be happy and satisfied and fulfilled. Rain is a witness of the goodness of God. Rain is an encourager for the lost sinner to say, I come to myself like the prodigal son. I come to myself and I realize how much God has what I need and how good God is and how much he wants to give me what I need. And when you, we look at the rain, we see the goodness of God. It's a witness. And so it's an encouragement to sinners, to the lost, to come to the Lord Jesus Christ who will satisfy, who will heal the brokenhearted, who will forgive, who will make secure, all of that coming out of the good treasure of God like the rain. And the rain is described as being sent for the good purpose of God. As we saw in that verse, it was the rain that caused the fruitful seasons. That was the purpose of God, to give the food. And that can also be seen, the idea of God sending for a purpose, in Isaiah 55, verse 10. And please turn to that, Isaiah 55, verse 10. Because here in this verse, in Isaiah 55, 10, we have description of rain. And it says, for as the rain cometh down and snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it to bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. See, in this verse, what we see here is that the rain and the snow are described as coming down from heaven for the purpose of watering the earth watering the earth, and for the purpose of making the earth to bring forth and bud, for the purpose of making the earth to give seed to the sower, for the purpose of making the earth to give bread to the eater. See, in this verse, what we see here is that rain is being described as being sent by God to fulfill his good purposes. And every time the rain falls, we can hear God say the words, of Isaiah 55, 10. For as the rain cometh down from heaven and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Every time the rain falls, we can hear God speak to the rain as it's coming down like it says in Job's 37, 6. For he saith to the snow, be thou on the earth. Likewise, to the small rain and to the great rain of his strength. 
See, I, what this verse is telling us here in Job 37.6 is God is speaking when the snow falls. God is speaking when the rain falls. And God is saying, be thou on the earth. He's sending. This verse is telling us that God is speaking to the snow. He's speaking to, and he's saying, be thou on the earth. And every time it rains, God is speaking. and He's saying to the rain, be thou on the earth. And so from Isaiah 55.10, we can hear God say to the rain as it's falling, go, rain, go. Rain, I send you. Don't return to me until you have accomplished the purposes that I sent you for. He's saying to the rain, rain, I send you. Go water the earth. That's one of my purposes for you. Water the earth. Rain, make the earth to bring forth and bud. That's my purpose for you, one of my purposes. Rain, do my will. Rain, I send you to make the earth give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That's my purpose for you. And that's not all that's described in that verse of Isaiah 55 because not only is that described for the rain to fulfill God's good purpose to water the earth and make it bring forth seed to the sower and bread to the eater, but rain comes in the wintertime. But man and earth need water, especially in the summer. And what about those hot, dry summers when there's no rain? What's God's plan? Oh, God has a plan. God's got an exciting plan. What is God's plan for man and the earth to have water when there is no water? And that gets, that is exciting because God's plan is a beautiful plan. God's plan is an elegant plan. God's plan has got intelligent design in it because God happens to be intelligent. There's a newsflash, God's intelligent. Well, what is God's elegant plan? A reservoir of water stored up in the winter with an automatic release valve tied to a thermostat that opens during the summer. What's this reservoir of water stored up in the winter and released in the summer? Snow, beautiful snow, God's snow. Snow, God's reservoir of water stored up in the highest mountain as snowpacks of water. Snow, God's winter reservoir of water kept in store for the hot, dry summers. Snow, God's reservoir with his built-in thermostat. And when it gets hot and that temperature rises above exactly 37 degrees Fahrenheit, God's thermostat called the melting point of ice slowly clicks open. We can hear the click, click, and lets loose its water reservoirs. And when God's thermostat in those snowpacks clicks open, down the mountainside flows crystal clear cold water to man, to a dry, thirsty earth, parched earth, both man and the earth, crying to God for life-giving water. And this verse describes rain as being sent by God to fulfill his good purpose. And every time it gets hot and dry and the snowpacks on those mountains melt, we can hear God saying the words of Isaiah 55, 10 again, as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither again, but watereth the earth and maketh it to bug forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the hearer, to the Eater. Every time the snow melts and releases its stores of water, we can hear God say to the snow that's melting, melting snow, go! Melting snow, I send you. Don't return until you have accomplished the purpose I sent you for. Melting snow, I send you. Go, melting snow. 
Water the earth, that's my purpose for you. Melting snow, make the earth to bring forth and bud. That's my purpose for you. Melting snow, do my will. Melting snow, I send you to make the earth to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That's my purpose for you. That's not the only purpose for the rain and the snow. God has purpose, another purpose, for the rain and the snow. And it's not just to water the earth and to make the earth to bring forth and bud. God's purpose for the rain and the snow is not just to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, but there, there, there are two very important words in Isaiah 55, 10, and they're the first two words of that verse. And with those two words of that verse, we see that there's a deeper meaning behind the rain and the snow because it says this in Isaiah 55, 10, for as, for as, the rain cometh down in the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, etc. Those two words, for as, tell us there's a higher purpose for the rain and the snow. Those two words, for as, tell us God's higher purpose for the rain or the snow is to teach us. The rain and the snow are God's classroom. It's to show us, it's to instruct us, it's to, it's to lead us, it's to guide us. And those two words, for us, teach us that, the deep meaning by way of an analogy. God wants us to look at the rain and the snow and say, I see the rain and the snow are similar to God's word. I see there's a parallel between the rain and the snow and the word of God. I see there's a resemblance between the rain and the snow and the word of God. I see the rain and the snow are just like God's word. And God tells us in this verse 11, after the, in Isaiah 55, where verse 10 starts out, for as, and then verse 11 says, so shall, so here it says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish the thing which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. See, he says, the word of God comes out of the mouth of God. The mouth of God is always seen as the source of life. The mouth of God is seen as the source of life. The spirit of God, from the mouth of God, breathed into, the, into man, and man became a living soul. Now, from verse 11, God wants us to see that the rain and the snow are just like God's word, and how they both came down. The rain and the snow came down, and God's word came down from heaven. God's word came forth from his mouth. The rain and the snow are just like God's word, and how they were both sent. God sent the rain and the snow to accomplish his purpose of making the earth to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. God sent his word to accomplish his purpose, and he talks about that in Jeremiah 23, 29, where God says, is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? It breaks the hard heart. That's the description also given to the word of God in Hebrews 4.12, where it says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even, to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, 
and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God has that power. The word of God also has the power to give us life. The word of God has, a, has the power to give us eternal life. The word of God has the power to make us born again, as it says in 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God brings life by making sinners to be born again into a new life by the word of God. That's why it's called in Philippians 2.16, holding forth the word of life. Its title is the word of life because it gives life. Every time God's word is preached and read, we can hear God in the same way as he said to the rain and the snow, Bible, go, word of God, go. Bible, I send you, don't return unto me until you have accomplished the purpose I send you for. Bible, I send you, go, reveal to the sinners their sinful thoughts and intents of their heart. That's my purpose for you. Make the sinners to be honest before God and to say, God, have mercy on me, a lost sinner. Bible, make the sinners to have life. That's my purpose for you. Bible, do my will. Bible, I send you to make sons and daughters of God. That's my purpose for you. Bible, I send you to feed my sons and my daughters. And the ultimate parallel, the ultimate parallel with all this is with God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who God the Father said to, Son, go, Son, I send you. Don't return unto me until you have accomplished the purpose I sent you for. And when he was on the cross, his last words for Project Earth, his last words when he was on planet Earth as in the flesh was the word accomplished, finished, accomplished, Son, he says, the Father, I send you. Go reveal to the sinners the sinful thoughts and intents of their heart. That's one of the purposes I'm sending you for. And when he met the defiled woman, he said to her, it said about that encounter in John 4, 17 through 19, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Son, make sinners to have life. That's my purpose for you. And speaking of himself, the Lord Jesus Christ said in John 6, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth his life unto, unto the world. Son, do my will. And the Lord Jesus Christ said in Psalm 40, verse eight, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. John 8, 29, and he that sent me is with me, and the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And Luke 22, 42, saying, Father, if, it be, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Matthew 6, 10, he taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, in earth as it is in heaven. Son, 
I send you to make sons and daughters of God. That's my purpose for you. And the Lord Jesus Christ made himself able to be received, which makes a person a child of God, as it says in John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.